0: This week on Dear Lovely Universe, our featured guest speaker is Jennifer Helene Popkin. This episode is excellent for you if you're interested in learning more about managing your life in a way that is with ease and grace. Jennifer Helene is an international expert in health. She is immersed in cutting edge nutrition, fitness, and spiritual thought leadership. She is a serial entrepreneur and builds programs for health coaching, lifestyle change, and mentoring programs training the trainers, former Ford model, master chef cast member, mother, seeker of truth, and she runs Purposeful Ventures, a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their life, relationships, businesses, and health. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, Caitlin. It's my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. And you seem like such a wonderful lady. So today we're talking about freedom from overwhelm through an integrated mind, body, and soul. My first question is, what does freedom from overwhelm through an integrated mind, body, and soul mean to you?
1: Well, I've led a really interesting life up until this point, and a lot of people who know me, including my own daughter, says to me, "How do you do it, mom? Like so much happens in a day, and and like she's like, you just handle it with such grace and ease. She's like, I don't, I don't know how you do that. You know, and a lot of people like have nicknamed for me, Wonder Woman, because. There's a lot that uh, a single mother has to handle. I, I was a single mother and still am. And it can feel really overwhelming. just this life, managing this life that, that we live in. And everything from, you know, making your food to cleaning up the kitchen, to doing the laundry, you know to just your work and just managing your own internal landscape, of our emotional bodies there's so much that we have to to manage and there there's this high bar that i set for myself about what i want to achieve and how i want it to look and there's just a lot of negotiating going on <laughs> inside of myself you know about how do i how do i achieve that and still maintain you know a peace peaceful harmony harmonious self and For the longest time, I wasn't able to. I was stuck smack dab in my overwhelm cycle. And I noticed some things that were happening that I didn't like. And I didn't realize it was because of overwhelm because when people, myself included, are overwhelmed, we usually escape, we usually uh, avoid, which is another form of escape. We go into paralysis, sometimes we break down, we get sick. All kinds of things happen when we're in overwhelm. And usually when you're, there's like an overwhelm cycle, it starts, it crests, and then it, it kind of comes, it's like a, you know, a contraction of sorts, you know, where it has like a beginning, middle and end. And when you're in the middle of it, it's like you're underwater. And it can be very difficult to get out. And oftentimes we use these kind of mm, messy strategies that aren't always very beneficial to get out of it or to find our way through it or to try to bypass it, go over it, or under it or around it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, cause I've done them all, <laughs> you know, it's like, you got your day planned out meetings back to back, you know, and then like the school calls, it's like, hmm. you got to pick up, you got to pick up Penelope. She's sick. And I'm like, Oh, no, what am I going to do? I've, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, I haven't eaten. I got to rush to the school. I'm getting hangry. Um, you know, I can't, it's rescheduling. I something things are falling through the cracks, like, you know, she's not well. And it's like I'm in my overwhelm. And it's not graceful, it's not pretty, and it's not easy, it's messy, and and I have ruined relationships. I got a divorce. Um, because you know, I I was, I didn't know how to handle it. I am not proud sometimes the way I handled parenting because I didn't know what else to do. I was just desperate and frustrated in my overwhelm. And so over the years, I've developed these frameworks to help myself manage this feeling of overwhelm that is persistent, constant, and one that we need to learn how to navigate through. And I call it like emotional stamina. It's a framework that I've created because it, it is possible now, I realize after teaching myself <laughs> hundreds of hours of, you know, self-help and <laughs> workshops, seminars, books, you know, coaching, all this stuff, um, and how to navigate it. And it's possible. And there's a formula. And, and it's an integration. Because I realized the more I tried to push it away, especially the, the things I didn't want to look at, honestly, um, the more, the worse it got the more the overwhelm was like mounting because I was stuck in this blame and shame cycle around it. But the more I could integrate, fully accept, acknowledge and you know let go, um, the more I was able to bring more ease and grace and peace into my life. So when my daughter said that to me and it was literally yesterday she said it to me and I was like, oh, thank you. You know, like, thank you. That's a big compliment coming from her, huge. So that was a long answer to your question, but that's the truth. <laughs>
0: That is really, really awesome. I love how you describe everything in such detail, starting from the beginning to where you are now. It's so inspiring, really, to see people, single mothers, being able to do it all.
1: There are a lot of demands on us. You know, um, it was just like a generation or two ago that it was taboo for women to work. Um, I know that my grandmother didn't work Um, that was not acceptable where you know in her community and her mother my great-grandmother if you weren't married you were like at risk of not surviving you know so this whole idea of having it all and needing to do it all is a relatively new one and we're still owning our role I believe as women and it gets, there's so many demands, like we wanna be working, we wanna be a great wife, we wanna be a fantastic mother. And it's, it's very, very demanding. Society on us, us on us, us and e- to each other. And it is possible to have it all, but oftentimes the consequences are grave. It usually ends in burnout, adrenal fatigue, disease, divorce, uh, parenting. I mean, that's the usual consequences. Like unless we start to get really clear about what our values are and they're from our priorities and they're from our commitments so that we can, you know, harness our energy and apply our focus and power and strength in the areas that are really going to make the most impact. Because I think we forget how responsible we are. Women are spending the most money. So we drive the economy. women are raising the children so we're shaping our future. <laughs> women are responsible for so much and I don't mean to discount men at all I'm just I'm just working with women and I'm a woman so I can really only speak to to that um, you know with any kind of expertise
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah I love that thanks for sharing that. Would you be able to share any steps from your or insight from your emotional stamina framework?
1: Absolutely. I'll give you the whole kit and caboodle because heck, we all need to be practicing. And when I say practice, I mean, I mean that. Cause like, you know, when you practice piano or you practice a sport, it's like you, you, every day you get better and you strengthen your skills. And you know, there's never really an end to the level that you can reach. Mm-hmm. So it's a really simple three-stage process. Uh, that that we get to practice. And it's acknowledge, accept, and let go. I know it sounds really simple. Acknowledge, accept, let go. And it sounds easier than it is in practice. <laughs> so in my daughter's teenage years, uh, she was choosing things that were making me really uncomfortable that weren't in alignment with my value system. But w- what are normal for teenagers, right? She was starting to explore drug use, um, nothing hard, but like, you know, marijuana, which I, I, I don't really want her to do. She was, uh, you know, there was like some alcohol missing and I, which isn't, like, I don't want my teenage daughter to be drinking alcohol or doing, or, you know, smoking marijuana. So it was making me really uncomfortable and then she was putting on some weight she was having some behavioral issues at school and i was like i'm like what do i do about this like this is really challenging so of course i want to go in sometimes i first i started like militant you know, like oh this is the consequence (laughs) that really didn't work that well but anyway that's you know what do we what do you do as a parent when when this is happening because you want to help but you don't really know how to help um exactly and i'll use this as an example because i had i was in denial that something was going on. So I wasn't really uh, acknowledging what was fully. I was kind of partially acknowledging it um, because I made it mean something about me. That's why I was struggling to really acknowledge it. So for you who are listening or for you, Kaylin, like where, what can you acknowledge is going on in your life that you can take responsibility for that uh, might not be feeling very good. Um, I have a lot of clients who are trying to lose weight and their commitment is to lose weight. And yet it, it takes them a little while, maybe six weeks to like admit that actually they've been sitting on the couch eating ice cream every night, even though they're committed to losing weight. So it took them a long time to acknowledge it, but that acknowledgement, like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And it might be different than, than what I'd like to do, but this is actually what I'm doing. You know, like in my relationship Like I really want to have transparent communication, but sometimes like it's hard for me to be honest about what I'm feeling because I'm afraid of hurting the other person or I'm afraid of admitting it, you know? So like, what can we acknowledge first and foremost, that's going on that we can take responsibility for? Because so often we're like victimized by the circumstances of our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like, well,
1: I can never show up on time because I can never find my car keys because So-and-so does something with them. It's like, you know, just small example, you know, where I can never eat healthy because I can, uh, I'm, uh, I'm out and I have to grab something. Well, you could also plan, you know, and bring some food with you or, you know, so like, what can you really take responsibility for and acknowledge like, this is what's up. Yeah. I don't, I don't sleep well. You know, why is that? You know, but acknowledge it. This is what's up. That's huge because oftentimes we're rejecting it. And like I said earlier, like the moment you reject it, it starts to build. And it's almost like that little child, uh, like when my daughter was little, she'd like jump on the couch, and like the tables and stuff. And like, yeah, that's not a house rule. Like we're not supposed to jump on the furniture. It's dangerous. But like, if I was out in the garden and I came in, like she might've been on the furniture because I was outside, you know? <laughs> so the acknowledgement is like you starting to see yourself. It's like you being the adult, like, okay, this is what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like a check-in. Sometimes we need other people to reflect back to us that we can trust and who are stand for our greatness. and who love us, you know, and can reflect back to us like, hey, I see this going on, I really love you. And you know, it's okay, cause it's okay. So that first acknowledge acknowledging is, is really key. And then we have to accept it. You have to increase your ability to accept it. I really had a hard time accepting my daughter's weight gain and my daughter's, you know, suffering. And I was fighting it, and she would say to me, "Like I know, I know you don't. I know you don't accept me." And I'm like, well, that's, I, "Of course I do. I love you." She's like, "No, but I feel your judgment." And she was right. And I had mm-hmm. to really do some deep digging to, like, ever increasingly unconditionally love her, no matter what. And I thought that I did, but I was, I was in denial about it. And I swear to you, Kaylin, the moment I was able to increase my acceptance from like 70% to like 98%, like she shifted, like instantaneously. It's like love is always the answer, (laughs) always. Acceptance of ourselves, you know, the way we would love our children, the way we, we need to love ourselves. So first you acknowledge what is, don't hook into the story around it. Don't be a victim of it and then accept it and work on increasing your ability to accept and love yourself from a place of tenderness and kindness. And that's, that's a process, you know, it's a really tender, beautiful, deep process that is ever growing. And then, and then you're in a position to let it go. And the more you practice, the more I practice, the more we practice, the faster the process gets and the higher your your capacity is to acknowledge accept and let go in any given moment like some things used to derail me you know um, like a phone call or I don't know like maybe my appointments didn't work out you know and I feel like derailed for the rest of the day well now I can kind of my resilience it's the kind of resilience training like I can really like bounce back and I can really um, you know, like move on. My daughter was like, why doesn't this bother you? Cause I had to pick up my niece from work. She had his tummy ache, you know, and she's like, but mom, you have, this is your lunch break and your next meeting starts in 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, but family's a priority, you know, and this is okay. And I'm really delighted to help out, you know? And so, so that's in short, um, the emotional stamina process that we are all fully capable of, and that leads to freedom mm-hmm. and leads to more joy leads to healthier relationships, leads to healthier adrenal glands, (laughs) leads to healthier aging. It leads to better parenting. It leads to more success in business. It leads to more creative energy, more energy period, better sleep, deeper sleep. You know, the list goes on and on and on because oftentimes we're stuffing it down with food or we're, you know, like passive aggressively smearing it on our partners and loved ones. You know, there's all kinds of things we're doing to like avoid... Really processing and integrating the healthy mind, body, spirit.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. Really appreciate it. It's it's so much easier said than done, right? right? So much easier said than done. In terms of letting go, are there, like, any mindsets or anything that you would want to share with people that could help them let go of things in their lives that could be holding them back?
1: Yeah. It used to be that I used to the only think about that, actually, the let go, you know, because, like, that's the ultimate, right? Just let it go. <laughs> when everyone says that, whenever anyone says that to me, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> Like if I could flip the switch, <laughs> just like a light switch, you know, yeah. just let it go. Um, and sometimes I really wish it were that simple. I don't know how anyone does it without a higher power, to be honest. I know it's possible because I've seen atheists do it. But for me, uh, a lot of my own letting go is about, you know, really trusting something bigger than me because I don't have it all figured out. And the more I try to figure it out, the more difficult things are for me. And the more I can kind of let go in that way, I find it not as a passive thing, not like I don't have to be active or proactive in my life and, and God or the universe is going to handle it for me, but to trust in this, in this greater plan. And that's been my, my biggest resource Yeah, outside of the breath. I find that my movement practice and my breathing techniques which is inside of the movement practice have been extremely valuable for me and this is something i've only uncovered in the last few years i've been on the you know self-help journey the healing journey most of my life i mean professionally for 27 years but it started you know even in my childhood when i was diagnosed with um, osteomyelitis which they thought was leukemia was in and out of hospitals for years and wheelchair and I was really sick, you know, growing up, which was which was tough. And I've just been really preoccupied with the human condition and and all the the ins and outs of human behavior. And letting go is really a key piece um, for our uh, our evolution, because we're not we're not really meant to 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 hold on to things, I don't think. You know, when I think about all the expertise I've developed in health. The one thing I can say for sure is that we have to circulate (laughs) our blood, sweat, all that, all the fluids, everything needs to circulate. So energetically, it's not that much different. So letting go is a big process. I think the biggest thing that I could provide in terms of like a tool, a trick or a tip or hack um, for letting go is first and foremost, realizing what it is we need to let go of. And that's usually an indication of, like if you feel you're like triggered that means you're holding on to something usually if you're feeling it doesn't mean you need to let it go all the time but there's like a boundary that needs to be set or there needs to be some work done around there i get triggered all the time with stuff and i'm like really am i still dealing with that <laughs> but like where do you need to let go um and sometimes like our lives will show us where we need to let go in the form of a chronic inflammation or pain or uh, a consistent pattern that shows up in relationship, like romantic relationship, or even in work relationships, financial Mm -hmm. problems. So there's usually like somewhere in our lives that's showing us some resistance. And that's exactly the point that we need to address. And the letting go process, is about completion, which is kind of a jargony coach word, you know, um, completion, like getting complete. For example, like if a relationship ends, you know, how do you really get complete about it in the full process of acknowledging and accepting before you can let go? So it's important to get complete. And sometimes in order to get complete, we have to write about it, we have to um, maybe have a conversation about it. Um, but again, my quickest and fastest is this movement practice. I don't know, do you do you have a movement practice too? Like you, do you like to dance or run or do you do something?
0: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I've been active my whole life.
1: That's so great. And that's like the ultimate resilience training because you push yourself to the edge and you need to break through. And mm-hmm. what I'll do is I'll I'll get I'll put music on that engages me emotionally, and I'll you know, bring up or I'll feel in my body, you know, what's going on and I'll breathe it out and I'll move it out, whether it's with dance or resistance training or, um, you know, aerobic exercise, biking, hiking. And there's so many different things I love to do. And I find that like the body never lies to me, the mind, the mind, I can't trust so much my body. That's where the truth lives and the letting go process in the body connected with the breath, And then engaged with the emotions is one of my fastest, most effective, most thorough processes for letting go. How about you? What do you think? I love
0: that. Oh, I love that a lot. I haven't necessarily thought of a strategy that, you know, I haven't thoroughly thought about what exactly is my strategy for letting go. But on the top of my head, I would say for me, it's making the decision to let go to do better for myself, mm-hmm. and acknowledging, like you said, what it is I really do need to let go. When I'm in a place, I, my natural state of flow, it it's a lot easier for me to to realize when something isn't serving me. And then, as I love myself more and more, and as my journey has con- you know developed, it's a lot easier for me to let things go because I respect. And love myself more. Um, and yeah. like we you were saying, working out and stuff like that. One of the things I used to do when I was in middle school, I I would get bullied a lot. I, I got bullied a lot in school. And I remember like specifically, I would be doing like cleans with the bar and Before I would pull the bar up, I would think in my head like the hurtful things that they're saying to me and just release it that way, like, you know, just turning that hurt into something so much better and not just letting it sit there and ruminate. But like you were saying, another thing that I always do is sometimes things are just too overwhelming for our minds and for us Mm -hmm. to really control. I I totally believe in a higher power and what I'll do is I'll just give it to God. Yeah. I'll just give it to God. And I say like, you know, this is, a, I, I totally believe that we have participation in the process, mm-hmm. but it's not like we have full control over everything that happens either. So I definitely give thanks to God all the time.
1: Me too. When I forget, Kaylin, I just never mind myself. And then all of a sudden it's, I mean, I call it magic things fall into place in a way that I could have never expected them to, but it was so much better than I could have ever dreamed. And I'm like, oh yeah. Sometimes I just forget though. I forget to, to give it up. Um but it can be that easy. It, it it's 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 so crazy how easy it is actually. <laughs> it's like, oh I just had to give it up. I just had to let it go. And like God. Um, and that that is a beautiful thing. But I love that picture that you painted with the, like, you know, like with new building strength and transforming it, like literally as you're going from here to here, you know, that's so, that's such a great analogy. I love that.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I wanted to touch on a really good quote that I found on your Instagram. One of the most courageous decisions that you'll ever make is to fully let go what's hurting your heart and soul. Bridget, Nicole, I want to know what are your thoughts on that?
1: Mm. Well, sometimes the things that are hurting our heart and soul are not our own. they are oftentimes things that those bullies imposed upon us in school, because I was also bullied, less in middle school, more so in elementary school, or things that our parents um, falsely identified through us um, we're carrying things that, that really aren't our own, or there are things that we were telling ourselves stories about, you know, what's ever hurting our, our hearts and our souls, or oftentimes repetitive thought patterns. I, I learned recent, not recently, but I learned that, you know, we're, we're thinking the same thoughts most of the day. It's like repetitive loop looping. And this is based on the imprints, like in ourselves, in our organs, in our memories, and in our souls. And, it's really important for us to unweave those stories and reweave new stories. And it is about what you're committed to. And I love how you phrase that, like what I'm committed to and how I can, I forget the exact words you use, but it's like, I, I, I ever increasingly love myself more and more to realize that this pain needs to and can be healed. And it's, it's through the integration and this integration process is, uh, boy, when I started it, it was like opening a Pandora's box. I did not; I had no idea all the stuff that I that I was compartmentalizing. Like, oh, this belongs in this little box over here; keep that little contained. in this little box over here, you know. And then it's like I, I wanted to integrate, and I really didn't realize what I was getting into. But I have to say, it's the most valuable thing I have ever done <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because we have to open ourselves up and get real with ourselves. And that's that radical self-love and that radical honesty that leads to this integration. And it's that acceptance and no longer being willing to believe those stories that are hurting us or reframing them or or forgiving the people that may have caused harm knowingly or unknowingly, consciously or subconsciously. And so it's, it's, it's really, a process of, of love and a journey of love and forgiveness, and also acknowledgement, acceptance, and, and letting go ultimately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we
1: all have that pain in our hearts and souls. That's part of being human, I realize. And my pain isn't unique to your pain, actually, it's the same. And the more we can like share it and realize, oh, I'm not alone oh okay <laughs> this was this was given to me to teach me about my capacity to love and forgive I mean it's it's really a beautiful beautiful thing
0: I really like how you explain that and I, I agree with you that pain is something that is necessary it's part of the human experience we, we shouldn't like hate on it in fact, it is a good thing. It it can be a, well, I I like to see things not necessarily as good or bad. It just is what it is. It it serves you in the moment. Yeah. So, you know, pain and stress can be a good thing. It can warn you of a bad situation or something that you might not want to get yourself into warnings. Uh, and and we all, we all get it. We all, we all get pain. One thing that I have learned from coaching is even if, well, coaching like people, uh, Mm -hmm. even if people don't necessarily go through the exact same situations, a lot of the times they have, they're going through the same kind of pain and the same kind of lessons. It's really interesting. Yeah,
1: it's fascinating. I love the the power of sharing stories and the ability for us to support each other just with, you know, just the humanness of it all. I think where, where pain gets tricky is when we start to identify with it and it starts to become who we are. And that's when, that's when it can be hard to climb out of. And I think the ability to develop emotional stamina is really the ability to move through the pain in a way that has a lot of integrity and a lot of responsibility. And it's a process. I know so many people who are, they've, they've really had a hard life. They've had a terribly difficult life. And my goodness, I, I, I wish the things that had happened to them had had, had never happened to them, but they did. And those people almost can't envision themselves without those stories of pain and suffering and the unfortunate victimization that they suffered from, you know, horrific stories of, Sex trafficking and you know all kinds of you know terrible things that happen to people. Holocaust survivors and you know, there's very very challenging things. I'm not. I want to minimize the the pain of that. Um, but the, the trouble that I see is you know, when we can't or we're unwilling to or we're not ready because of the trauma, of course, to 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 find a way through it. And the identification with it can be a, a you know a tricky one.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. When we identify with the pain, it becomes so much harder for us to let it go. And there's that emotional attachment there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not totally disidentified with some with, of with my pain, um, but it's important to keep perspective. And that's why the acknowledgement process inside of the emotional stamina framework is so helpful because it's, it's helping us to step outside of ourselves for a moment and take a look inside because we are not our thoughts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but our thoughts are things actually. And so the more we can have some perspective on who we are, who we're becoming, um, and then what choices we're making because everything in our lives are of our making, whether we like it or not. And we can really take our power back, stop leaking it out in unproductive places, and then you know direct our lives in a meaningful way, so we can you know become the greatest people we can be. Like I think, what we are meant to be.
0: Yeah, I I really like how you just touched on becoming who we're meant to be. One one aspect of my podcast and coaching is helping people reclaim their power back. And it sounds like that's what you were just touching on. Can you talk more about, you know, reclaiming your power back? What does that look like for you? (laughs) It
1: means owning it, owning it all. Oh, not possessively, of course. But no, really like um, owning all the good and all the bad and celebrating it and being willing to try and fail and being willing to try again and succeed and identifying also where we're leaking our power, that's been huge for me. and realizing the 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 oh, the things that were getting me down, you know, like I had this story about um you know my family not turning out the way I wanted it to, you know, my marriage and and I wanted to have two kids and I wanted to have one husband, and I wanted to you know just i wanted I had this vision of my life, and it didn't work out, you know, and i I had this like kind of sad story about how like, Oh, woe is me. You know, I'm never going to have the love of my life, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself, but I know that that's running in the background a lot of the time. And I'm like, cut it out. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's like, but I leak power out there because I, I repeat that story and it's not a very functional story. I have another uh, thing that, that, that leaks my energy mm, in a really kind of strange way. So when I need to get stuff done, superwoman over here, I'm like getting it done. I mean, it's, it's heroic. It's ridiculous. I can get stuff done. I mean, people look like who around me are like, how did you just do that? I mean, like a three course meal. I responded to 35 emails. I made six phone calls. They're like, you just did like four days worth of work in like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, but you don't really want to like be around because I'm like a drill sergeant. And it's like, sucks all the joy out of everything and everyone. And it's like, it creates like dysfunctional relationships because there's just no space or room for anyone else. I can still get stuff done without being that, that version of myself. And in a way I'm leaking out power because I'm having to do a lot of cleanup in the relationships around me. I got a lot of stuff done. So you'd think I was saving myself time and energy, but in the long run, based on who I am, who I actually am, why i'm here like what role i'm here to serve um, and that way of being it's not in alignment mm-hmm. and it broke down relationships and affected you know different aspects of, of my life so that's a power leak you know so i, I have, i've had to really excavate my way of being through observing myself and seeing where am i leaking energy a lot of people leak energy like by drinking alcohol Uh, more than perhaps they need to, that sucks their energy. They eat foods that are not vital, like not creating vitality. That's a great way to leak your energy out or to kind of dumb yourself down. Um, uh, um, Not sleeping, like staying up really late and watching Netflix and only getting four or five hours of sleep will definitely be a a power leak, you know, leaking your energy out in ways that, um, you know, really hold you back from becoming, you know, who I believe we're meant to be which is like well-rested, full of energy, uh, vital, um, positive. You know, there's all kinds of things that people allow to steal their their energy. Um, Surrounding yourself with people who are not positive or uplifting. Not that we can control that, but how you, the boundaries that you set or the lack of boundaries, like I've had to learn a lot about that. I was leaking a lot of power by over-serving and not being really open to receiving back. And so I was giving, 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 which is how I was raised and what I think is a good and I love doing it, but it was out of balance. So I was leaking energy. So there's just, these are just a bunch of examples. And I'm sure everyone can see for themselves, like, where are you uh, leaking energy? I call it a power leak. You know, where can you seal up that power leak so you can, you know, revitalize? Not, not because to be selfish, you know, um, not, not to be um, narcissistic right? But to, to just be, just to honor yourself and to know what you need to feel satisfied, to feel whole and to become who you're being, you know, to become who you're meant to be. And that's determined by your way of being, not what you're doing. It's how you're doing it, who you're being while you're doing it. That's the key.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. That was amazing. So many great examples thank you so much for sharing that there's so many different ways that people give their power away and whether it's alcohol boundaries loose boundaries their thoughts how they carry themselves there there could also be you know, you know like I think we, you touched on this a little earlier like uh, mental blocks and things that keep us there. Do you have any thoughts on that? If someone is having a challenging time with that? It's
1: a really tricky one. Yeah. So first of all, how do we know we're having a mental block? I think that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. What have have you seen? How do you find that your clients or yourself, people you know and love, like how, how do you think people know they have a mental block?
0: Well, usually people have one One voice in their head, one to three, that are just the most overpowering. Like, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not smart enough. Yeah. And usually people have that one really big one.
1: Yeah. So the inner critic, that's a big one for me. That much I can attest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a really big one for me. So a mental block presents itself usually as a repetitive thought pattern. I would completely agree with you. Um, it also, could also be, I mean, for me, it's definitely the critic for sure. Um, I don't know that I call it a block though. Um, usually when we're blocked, we're like paralyzed, you know, like we can't move forward. Um, Mm -hmm. or we shut down in some way. Um, so that's also a good place to look for yourselves. Um, when you're, you know, like when you really can't move forward, I'm like a class act escaper.
0: (laughs) I'm
1: like, especially in relationships. I'm like, this is getting tough. I'm out, you know, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. It's so not cool. It's so bad. Um, and I'm sorry to any of my um, people have been in my life. There haven't been many. I haven't had many relationships, but boy, oh boy, that's one of my go-tos. So usually when you have a feeling to escape, you have the feeling to shut down. You have the feeling to procrastinate. Like I've got like four or five emails. I'm like, they're just kind of sitting there for a couple of days. I'm like, I really need to respond to those emails. Right? So, I mean, I know we all do this, right? I'm laughing at myself because I mean, it's just so human. <laughs> um, so what do you do, right? You've got this mental block. Um, I find that uh, the more I reside in my head, uh, um, the more exhausted I feel. And the more I can reside in my heart, the more fulfilled I feel. And the more, uh, the deeper relationships I have and the better of a mom I am, the better of a partner I am, both in business mm-hmm. and in romance. And so um, I'm oftentimes looking at anatomy because I'm really into the field of health, uh, food, fitness, and mindset. This is just like the things that I think about a lot and have expertise in. And I noticed that the anatomy of the nose and the mouth and the throat, right, are between the head and the heart. No, no error here. No mistake in the in the design of the human <laughs> physiology. And this is exactly where we take air in. And so I was talking earlier about my about our breath and how the breath is this amazing vehicle to shift our nervous system, to um, to bring us back. Excuse me, into the present moment. To um, to sustain life, right? It's the first thing that happens when we're born. The last thing that happens when we die, the breath is never old. It never ages. So such thing as like an aged breath, (laughs) (laughs) like it's aged cheese or something. Um, And it's the vehicle that takes me from my head into my heart. And that is a kind of letting go, but I would call that more surrender, but an active form of surrender. Because the wisdom that we have the ability to experience and tap into is is here, I believe. And yes, my goodness, I have so much intellectual knowledge. I have a master's degree in nutrition, I have a bachelor's degree in nutrition. I mean, I know so much about carbohydrates and protein and so much. But what I wasn't taught was like, why is it that I'm craving dates? Or why is it that I, my body really wants lentils today? You know, Maybe I need iron. You know, There's all these things like to read the body's wisdom to tap into and listen to and hear what it is our wisdom is telling us. I, I believe it resides here. And the mm-hmm. more um, we feel like we're blocked in our minds, the more we need to reside in our bodies and in our hearts. So I find that just taking three deep breaths is really effective, super, super effective. And it's like, it completely changes everything. I mean, if you can take five, even better. If you can take 10, amazing. It will change your moment. It definitely. Definitely. Well, that is unless you're hyperventilating, right? I mean, like slow, (laughs) soft, (laughs) long, deep exhalations and inhalations. I mean, whether you're in grief or whether you're in excitement or whether you're in anxiety or whether you're even in depression, right? And all of these different things I just named have specific breathing techniques that would help them, right? If you are anxious, then you want to concentrate on the exhalation. Whereas if you're feeling depressed, you want to focus on more inhalation, right? So you can completely shift your state of being with your breath. And the, the, the easiest thing to do when we're having a mental block is to breathe. I know it sounds so simple, but it's true. It's by far uh, the, the, the thing that you don't have to pay for it you know you don't have to you can take it everywhere with you <laughs> you know and you know I've, I've taught um you know this methodology to dash over a thousand students in 64 countries and it's incredible the results that they're getting and they're, and they're really that you can change your life by getting out of your head and into your heart and clearing the vehicle
0: i love that yeah uh tasha silver says that the same consciousness that creates an 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 issue or a challenge can't solve it
1: love that quote so awesome one of my favorite quotes it's so true and it's like how do you change your consciousness when you have a mental block you know it's like how do you get out of that the only way to get out of it is to get out of your head you know go out into nature Go watch some bees. I have artichokes outside that I didn't um, cook, you know, cut and cook. And there are these beautiful, like bright, iridescent purple flowers. And the bees are like having a heyday. Well, I guess it wouldn't call it a pollen day. (laughs) And it's like, I mean, it's so amazing to have a a moment of connection with something outside of yourself, outside of your head.
0: Totally. I love that. Do you have any final messages that you want to share?
1: So many. Well, I really just want uh, us all to take a deep breath and remember who we are. Because we are powerful creators. And we can create anything if we put our minds and our hearts together and integrate them And if we can be loving and kind to ourselves and each other and we can create heaven on earth, we can create uh, a world where there is equality and happiness and justice and beauty. And, and I believe we, we all need to participate first and foremost with ourselves to ourselves and then with each other. And I would just want to encourage everyone to remember that and to to get really honest with themselves and from a loving, loving place and to be a choice in their lives as they move forward.
0: That's really beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Where can people find you? Um,
1: My website is the best place to find me on Instagram as well, Facebook. But um, if you want to reach out to me, feel free to send me an email, jennifer-helene.com. And uh, there's a contact page. You can send me uh, an email there, or you know, direct message me, or in any way, you know, that um, that you put in the show notes uh, is going to be great. I'm I'm fully accessible, and uh, I have programs that I run, and I um, am just really committed to teaching about this because uh, that's why I'm here, and I love doing it.
0: <laughs> that's so beautiful. I'm so happy that you love what you do and I thank you so much again for coming on and sharing your wisdom
1: thank you for what you do and all the lives that you're touching and for your vulnerability and sharing it all oh,
0: thank you i really appreciate that thank you so much for tuning in today isn't jennifer amazing i'm so grateful that she came on to share her wisdom You can find Jennifer at JenniferHelene.com slash 7-Day Lifestyle Plan. I'd recommend tapping the link in the description to check it out. It is a plant-based lifestyle guide to streamline your diet and lifestyle practices to reboot your body and mind because your daily practice is your strongest medicine. Next week's episode will be a solo episode about five secrets to success that I've discovered. I'm excited to share this content with you. Please share this episode with anyone who you feel could benefit from this information. You can find me on Instagram at Dear Lovely Universe, message me at 657 234 8586, or email me at hello at KalenVo.com. Also, I recently launched merchandise on my website, kalenvoo.com, to support the show. I have hoodies, caps, jewelry, and more. Right now, I'm really loving my permission hoodie. I would love to know which one is your favorite. Lastly, this is a friendly reminder that we'll be going live on Instagram this Monday to give one self-love tip and answer one question. Thank you so much again for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.